Hi, I'm Josh, and welcome to the Wild Nature Photography Podcast, the podcast that hastily talks the art, the craft of nature photography. It is the 28th of January 2023, and this is podcast number 62. And the topic of this podcast is going to be how to get published in magazines and why. But just before I get to that, uh, a few little housekeeping items. I got home from Mongolia about, I think it was four or five, <coughs> excuse me, four or five days ago now. It's just been a very, very busy time for me. I did the two Mongolia trips back to back. The first one was dedicated to the palace cat and the second one to the snow leopard. I've actually just published the trip report for the palace cat. I'll put a link to that in the show notes if you want to check that out. It was phenomenal. Um, it was 2019 when I was last in Mongolia. And uh, if you read that trip report, it's on my blog. If you want to Google it, I'll try and put a link to that in the show notes as well. If you read that trip report, you'd know that um, it was quite tough. I, I spent the first three days just looking for Palace Cat from memory. So uh, this trip was very, very different. We had at least 20 Palace Cats in the week that we were in Far Eastern Mongolia, which was just incredible. We were just getting on to Palace Cat usually within 30 minutes of leaving camp every single day. It was phenomenal. And what makes the Palace Cat so amazing to photograph is very, very few people have actually ever photographed this cat in the wild. Even if you Google it today, most of the images that come up are of palace cats in zoos in captivity. There's not a lot of wild images. So this is an incredibly beautiful wildcat to photograph. And it has become, Mongolia has become one of my favorite places in the world to go and photograph wildlife, not just because of the palace cat, but because it has so much to offer. And I'll be returning again in January of next year, winter of next year, again for the palace cat. And then again in July for palace cat kittens and snow, le snow leopard again. So uh, I'll have more details about all of that soon on my website, but you can also just drop me an email if you, if you want to get onto the mailing list. Places will be very limited for both trips. I only take five photographers. Uh, it's just easier for me to manage. The logistics work better and it's far less pressure on the wildlife when we're in the field. So I'm really, really excited to get back there. This trip that I just wrapped up was phenomenal. We got incredible photographs. I think everybody who was on that trip agreed that the experience of being out there in the field with the palace cat uh, just far exceeded their expectations in terms of view of how many encounters we had, how close we could get, how long the encounters were, how fantastic the conditions were, the snowy conditions we had this year. It was really outstanding on all levels. So uh, I, as I said, I'm itching to get back. I am going to be leaving for Iceland though in uh, six days. So it's, well, seven days, actually. It's, if I conclude today, it's Saturday here today uh, in Australia. And um, I'll be leaving in a week from today. So it's going to come around very, very quick. It means I've got a lot of packing to do in a very short period of time and a lot of organisation. So uh, I've got a lot to do in a very short period of time now. I've got quite a bit of uh, logistics work I need to get organised I still haven't properly unpacked from Mongolia, so um, I need to do that. And then think about repacking for, for Iceland. It's going to be a bounce-in, bounce-out trip for me. I've, I always look forward to going up to photograph the Arctic fox, but I'll only be away for two weeks um, in total this time. And the, part of the reason for that is I then will be going to Ellesmere Island for my Ellesmere winter expedition. So very, very busy time, and there's a lot to cover. But let's move on to the topic of the day which is getting published in magazines. And this is something I've had a few emails about over, I guess, over a period of months. Um, people ask me, you know, what's the deal? How do you get published in magazines? Do you get paid for it? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think we'll just start at the top. Um, 
and let's talk about money because in the old days, in the old days, it's making me sound very old, but back in the film days, let's say, you did used to get paid for magazine submissions. Um, you used to get paid either per page or per image. Nowadays, the simple reality of submitting to magazines is that most of the magazines will not pay you for your work. They don't pay for contributions, be it written or be it pictures. Uh, and part of the reason for that is because the industry has just changed and magazines are not the cash cow that they used to be since the digital revolution. Uh, paper magazines have virtually disappeared. Paper subscriptions have virtually disappeared and everything now has moved to digital and advertising is not what it used to be. I can recall back when I was in the corporate world, this is nearly f more than 15 years ago now, it was around 8,000 US dollars per page to advertise in the American Express magazine. Well, it's nowhere near that cost today. Uh, and part of the reason for that is that advertising has just significantly dropped off in the magazine world and, mag and advertising is a very, very large part of magazine revenue or has historically been anyway. And that means that the magazines just don't have much money anymore. They also don't have the subscription base that they used to, even if they have moved to digital platforms, which most of them have. And as a result of that, they can't make the sort of money that they used to make. So they can't afford nowadays to pay for content. And if you do manage to get paid for content, which occasionally I have been paid for content for magazines, it's usually as little as $150 to $300 per page. And that just frankly isn't enough to make it worthwhile. If you were trying to make a living doing this, you would have to be publishing three to four pages or more of work in a magazine every single day, five days a week to actually make some sort of a living at it. And even then you would just, you would be struggling to eke out a decent, a decent wage. So. There really isn't any money to be made in magazine submissions anymore whatsoever. Uh, so why do it? What's the point of being published in a magazine? Well, there are a couple of very, very good reasons that you should think about doing it. Or if you have been thinking about being published in a getting yourself published in a magazine, what might help tip you over the edge? And the first thing to say is the one thing that everybody's looking for, almost everybody universally, not everybody, but almost everybody universally with their photography is they're looking for an audience. They're looking for, that's why people share their photographs on social media. It's why they have websites most of the time. Uh, it's why they show prints. It's why they show their images on their iPads and their iPhones and their Android devices and all that other good stuff. It's because they want to have an audience for their work. We all do. It's just, it's part of the human condition. We want to show somebody what we created. Well, a magazine is a great platform to showcase your work because it gets your work to an audience that is far broader than you might have access to. It's going to reach people you don't know, and it lives digitally for a very, very long time. It might live on somebody's iPad for a decade or more, or swap between iPad models perhaps, but it might live digitally for a very, very long time. And that means that your work's going to exist for a very, very long time in somebody's home or in somebody's place. Maybe it doesn't get looked at every day or every week or every month, but maybe it gets looked at every now and again. Someone else picks up the device and looks at it. Uh, there's a historical record of your work that's kept online digitally. So there's a very, very good platform to be had in magazine work. And that does help a lot to going towards the fact that you just don't get paid for magazine submissions these days. Um, as I said, this is the sad reality of the world we live in nowadays. Photography has become by and large so devalued that the majority of the population places no dollar value on it anymore. So although as photographers, we might enjoy looking at other people's work, particularly when it's good work. The reality is most people uh, don't want to pay for it. So hence the magazine doesn't want to pay for it and they don't have the money to pay for it. But the magazine can still provide you a fantastic audience and a great platform to get your work out into the field 
And when you're trying to get your work out into the field and share it with as many people as possible and expand, if you like, the knowledge of people who know about your work, the more platforms you have, if you like, or the more irons in the fire, whatever analogy you want to use, the better. Because uh, each one of those will do its own little bit towards getting your work out there. So that's the reason I think magazines are still worthwhile being published in. And let's talk about how you go about getting published, because that's probably the most common question I get asked. How do you get published in magazines? Well, the first thing you need to do is you need to take a professional approach. That means that you need to write to the magazine in such a way that you would want to be written to if somebody was requesting your work. The approach needs to be professional. You need to draft uh, an email. You need to spell check it, use Grammarly, make sure that it reads well. And the email should introduce you briefly. You don't want to give your life story. Otherwise, you're going to make somebody very bored very quickly and give them a good reason to switch off. It just needs to be an introduction of who you are, one or two lines, and then what you need to do is make it very, very easy for them to see a very small selection of the images that you'd like them to consider for publication. And that should consist of somewhere between six and 12 images, no more than 12. If you give them more than 12, someone's going to get bored and switch off. If you give them less than six, it's not going to be enough. It needs to be somewhere between six and 12. If they want more, if the magazine then wants to see more of your work, they will ask to see more of your work. Uh, they'll write back to you and say, can you please expand this? We need some more additional images, whatever the case. But you need to give them between six and 12 photographs to look at, make it easy for them, either attach them to the email, give them a link to the Dropbox, whatever the case may be, we transfer, whatever's going to work for you. Uh, and, and the whole approach needs to be professional and polished. If it's very amateurish in the way you go about doing it, it's like, hi, my name is X, would you be interested in publishing my work in a magazine, in your magazine? You can fully expect to get zero response or to get a response that basically says, thank you, but no. Now, the other thing you can do, or the other thing you need to do, I should say, if you're considering submitting to any magazine, is go to the magazine's website and have a look at their submission guidelines. I guarantee you they've got some. And if they don't, just write to the editor. There'll be an email address or a contact form and request the submission guidelines and then read them. Read them thoroughly and understand what it is that they're looking for because most submission guidelines will give you a lot more information than just they want a 3,000 pixel image at 300 dpi. Most of the uh, information that they're going to give you is going to be the sort of content that they're looking for. And that gives you a really, really good clue as to what the magazine wants to publish. And if you give them what they want, you greatly increase your chances of being published. If you just send them a bunch of random images, then you have very, very little chance, I think, of actually getting anything published. But if you read their submission guidelines and you understand what they're looking for, you send them the right resolution, you send them a theme. A theme is very, very important for any magazine submission because they don't want to just, the magazine doesn't just want to publish a bunch of random images by any photographer and say, look at this photographer's work. Aren't they great? No, they need a story. They need uh, something to hang it all together with. So make sure that there's a theme to the photographs that you're submitting and you can try and find out what sort of theme that they're looking for, either by looking at past issues or reading their submission guidelines. I suggest you actually do both. And then build a relationship with the magazine. So write to them on a regular basis. And I don't mean on a weekly basis. I mean, every six months to a year, whoever your contact becomes at that magazine, drop them an email. How's it going? Been loving the last few issues. Make sure you subscribe because they'll check. You know, are you a subscriber to the magazine? I subscribe to about half a dozen different photography magazines that I think are high quality. Um, 
and that I like to submit my work to. And I've been fortunate to have been published many, many times in many, many magazines. I've had many, many covers and we'll come to covers in a minute. I just want to talk about text first. And that is the other thing you can do to really increase your chances of getting published in any magazine is to give them a complete package. So don't just give them half a dozen to 12 images and say, here's a theme body of work on hummingbirds or whatever it might be. You need to give, make it as easy for the magazine editors and, uh, as possible. That means give them text to go with the photographs. So they've got a complete package. So all they need to do is lay it out and include it in the magazine. So if you're not giving them text or copy and you're just giving them photographs, then they then have to generate that text or copy themselves. And that's work for them. So if someone else is doing that for their work, they're probably going to lean towards publishing their work more than yours, even if the photographs are on a par, because it's just less work for them. So you need to be able to provide copy with your photographs. And that copy needs to be professionally written, just like the email that you submitted, and it needs to be spell-checked and grammar-checked and fact-checked. So once you've done all of that, then have a friend or a colleague read over it before you submit it with your work to the magazine so that, again, everything is as professional and as polished as possible. You want to make it as easy as you can for the magazine to take your body of work, to take your copy and say, yes, we want to publish this. We're going to publish this in a future issue. Uh, and typically the lead time, by the way, for this can be three to six months or more, depending on the magazine, how much backlog of content they've got and where your work might fit into the theme of that particular issue. So these are all factors that play into getting published in magazines. Uh, but a lot of it has to do with the professional approach that you take in contacting the magazine. That's incredibly important. Now, the other thing that you're going to need to do, as well as providing them with a themed body of work, is you're going to need to leave space for text on the photographs. Don't have your photographs cropped too tightly because in magazines, text is always over the top of photographs. Sure, there are images that are that have no text on them, but there are always images that have text on them. So you need to leave space for the text. That's extremely important. Uh, if there's no space for the text, they don't want to publish your work because they can't include any copy. And speaking again of copy, make sure you include metadata for the magazine, particularly if it's a photographic magazine. They're not just going to want to see that it's a photograph of a elephant. They're going to want to know what camera it was taken with, what lens, what ISO, what f-stop, what shutter speed, because that's crucial information for their readers to know because it's a photography magazine. It's about the craft of photography. So people want to know this stuff. So you need to give them all of that as well. So whenever I do a magazine submission and I'm putting forward my photographs, I include all of that in a spreadsheet. Uh, whether they open it initially or not doesn't matter. It's just simply it's there if they need it or they want to refer to it straight away. You know, I was recently published uh, in Wildlife Photographic Magazine, I think for the sixth or seventh time. It's like the fifth time I've had the cover of the magazine. And I always include all of that metadata information in my very first submission so that they've got it there if they need it, if they want to refer to it. So let's just talk about, uh, actually, before I move on to talking about covers, one more thing. Make sure you do fact check any text that you submit because the editors will fact check it and then every single person who's got an interest in it will have their idea of what the facts might be. So if you are publishing, for example, again, let's say a themed piece about hummingbirds and you are writing all about the hummingbird, you better check that information that you're writing is correct because misinformation <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it's worse than no information. So you've got to get that right. And if you, if you don't get it right, you'll be seen as not an authority on that subject. So very, very, and someone will, will write in and say, hey, 
so-and-so was wrong when they wrote this in the last issue of the magazine, and all that does is embarrass the magazine and embarrass you. So you've got to get your facts straight uh, with any copy that you might submit. So let's shift over and talk about magazine covers. How do you go about getting the cover? Well, the cover is the most coveted part of the magazine. There's no question about that because when I look across the room and I see a magazine, be it digital or be it paper, that has my image on the cover, that's kind of my issue of the magazine. I own it. You know, it's my photograph on the cover. And it's a really nice feeling to see your image on the cover of the magazine. So how do you go about getting the cover? Well, the first thing is don't ask for the cover. If you ask to get the cover, I guarantee the magazine's not going to give it to you because they understand that the cover is the most important image in the magazine. It's the one that's going to sell the most uh, issues for them. So they need to choose it very, very carefully. And they will choose it very carefully based on impact, predominantly impact, but also an emotional response that that image might generate. And this is something I've talked about a lot in my own photography, generating an emotional response uh, in the viewer, uh, creating an image that's evocative and powerful. And if you can generate an emotional response, you've got a successful image. And impact plays a huge part of that, even more so for magazines. You need an image that's got impact if it's going to have any sort of chance at the cover. Even once you've got an image that's got impact, and I mean real impact, then you need to have an image that's going to suit the layout of the cover. So it almost certainly needs to be a vertical image because that's the the general layout for most magazines still. And that image needs to have significant space for text, Uh, not just the name of the magazine, but all the other ancillary text that goes around uh, being published in the front cover of a magazine. So that's very, very important. So those things all need to come together if you're going to have a chance at a successful cover and getting the cover of a magazine. But as as I was saying, the worst thing you can do is actually ask for the cover. Never ask for the cover. Uh, That's a a real sign of disrespect to the editor of the magazine. It's their job to select the cover uh, of the magazine, not yours, not mine. Um, All we can do as the photographer or the contributor is submit our best work and hope that it's good enough for them to consider for the cover. And as I said, I've been fortunate to have many, many covers of many magazines over the years And it's a wonderful feeling. I love to get the cover. I still love to get the cover. It's great for the ego. It makes me feel good. Uh, It makes anybody feel good who gets the cover because you kind of own it as the photographer. It's your issue. Um, And your image is there in black and white or color for everybody to see, whether they're browsing on the digital shelf or whether they're still browsing paper magazines, on which there are very, very few remaining these days. So that's really the core to, (coughs) excuse me, getting published in magazines. Um, and how to go about getting yourself published in a magazine and why you should, because it is such a great platform for your work to help build an audience. And it's not always about the money or it shouldn't always be about the money. Even for the working professional like myself, who's working as a full-time photographer, 365 days a year, you know, 24-7, we never close. I still do this. I still contribute to magazines that don't pay me because it builds a platform for my work. It expands my audience. It expands my reach. Uh, and it's a platform that goes on almost forever because digital magazines get passed around. They get shared. And uh, they kind of last a lot longer, if you like, than some of the other outputs for for photography these days. So I encourage you to have a, have a think about if you want to be in a magazine. Uh, those are some of the reasons I think it's worthwhile being published in a magazine and how to go about being published in a magazine. Uh, it is a very rewarding thing to do. It is a lot of work. Of course it is. But any professional submission that you do to a magazine or whatever it might be uh, is also a lot of work. 
Uh, it's very, very rare that someone would write to me, for example, and say, hey, Josh, we want to license this photograph for, we've got a huge budget and please send us the image and we'll send you a check. It does happen. Sure, of course it happens, but it doesn't happen all the time. It happens every now and again and almost never happens when they say they've got a huge budget. Most of the time they say we've got no budget and I've got to negotiate with them. But the reality of that is it's a, that's a different side to the business. Um, licensing images is very, very different to being published in magazines. One is building an audience that's being in a magazine. Uh, licensing images, you have really no control over what they're going to do with that image other than what you write in the contract. And a lot of the time, licensed images are being used in internal documents, in my experience, in corporate reports, things like that. They go to very, very few people. Perhaps they go to shareholders, uh, and that's about it. And those are people who are not really reading that report for my photograph. That photograph's just being used to help illustrate something. Whereas if they're looking at my photographs in a magazine, then they've bought that magazine because they want to see photography. And that's a better audience in my view, uh, even though you may not be paid for it. So so that's my thoughts on, on being published in magazines. I would encourage you to do this. Um, have a think about how you want to do it. Don't flood the market. Don't write to 50 magazines. Just write to perhaps half a dozen at the most, perhaps three or four. Pick your magazines very, very carefully. Look at the work that they publish. See if that work, your work fits their general themes. Um, it's no good writing to House and Garden magazine, um, for me to write to House and Garden magazine and then say, hey, are you interested in publishing a whole bunch of my polar bear photographs? Because it just doesn't fit with the theme of what they're trying to work with and what they're publishing. It's, you've got to submit work that ma- matches the magazine. So that's very, very important too. So pick three or four, maybe five or six at the most magazines that you really, really like. The ones you subscribe to, then have a very, very good look at the work that they've published in the past, read their submission guidelines, then draft a professionally polished email to the editor, introducing yourself very, very briefly, uh, explain the idea for what it is that you want to have published in one or two sentences, three at the most, then give them six to 12 images uh, to look at, uh, potentially with an invitation to send some copy along with those photographs. If they're they're interested, they'll then write you and say, yes, please send us the copy. We'd like to see that. And by the way, do you have any more close-ups or do you have any more landscape type images of this? They'll ask you and tell you what they need. Uh, But once you've built that relationship uh, with the editor or whoever it is that you're dealing with in the magazine, the door is then open ajar. You can put your foot in it. You can write to them on a six-month, 12-month basis with new ideas, new concepts. And actually, speaking of new ideas and concepts, it's no good submitting to a magazine an idea, no matter how great your photographs might be, if in the last 12 months, they've already published that, that subject. Uh, wildlife photographic is a great example of this. Um, before I sent them my recent submission on the walrus, which not only did it get published, but it also won the cover again. Not, when I sent that to them, I went back through all of their issues and it's okay, have they done a feature on the walrus? And if so, when did they do it last? Because that's important. Because if you're doing a feature on, I don't know, let's just say the Mongolian gazelle for the sake of the argument, and uh, the magazine published a feature on the Mongolian gazelle three issues ago, yours is probably not going to get published. It's going to get pushed to the bottom of the pile for at least 12 to 18 months before they're going to be interested in looking at that same subject again. Same goes with landscape imagery. If you're doing Waterfalls of Iceland, as an example, and you know the magazine that you're submitting them to 
just did a whole feature on Scandinavian waterfalls, you're probably not going to get published straight away because they've just featured that content. They're going to need some time to go past. So know what you're dealing with. Uh, It's very, very important. I remember watching, this is years ago now, probably 20 years ago, a documentary on National Geographic photographers back when they actually employed photographers and set them on assignment. And one of the photographers was talking about submissions they get to actually it was one of the editors was talking about submissions they get to the magazine and how a lot of the time it was the same ideas that were being sent again and again by people because they hadn't done their research they hadn't said hey this content this this has been published before um, I'm not going to send this in because the magazine doesn't want to publish the same thing again they're looking for new content new stories new ideas new themes new images really really important that what you present to the magazine when you make a submission is fresh uh, I think that's extremely important So let's just go back and sum up again on getting paid. So there are magazines out there that still will pay for submissions. But as I said, it's typically going to be very, very low in the order of $150 to $300 per page. If you're lucky, that's a great figure to get paid. You can also do contra deals with magazines. So many magazines will will be upfront and say, we don't pay for contributions. However, if you do get featured in our magazine, we will offer you one full page as an advert. Uh, is a very, very common form of barter, if you like, whereby you submit your photographs and content, they get published, the magazine offers you a full page to do what you like with uh, in terms of advertising. That can work for someone like myself who's a professional photographer and can use that page uh, to advertise prints or to advertise a future trip or whatever that might, whatever I might want to use that for. And there are other things too. Many magazines will work with suppliers of photographic equipment. So they might say, hey, we can't pay you for this content, but We've got one of the latest camera bags from X company that's been sent to us as a sample. Would you be interested in taking that uh, as a form of payment for your contribution? But as I said, I think it's better to expect nothing and use the magazine as a platform uh, to expand an audience for your work. I think that's the best approach in my in my view. So let's wrap it up there for the day. Uh, I have, as I said, about a week now uh, before... I'll be leaving for Iceland. In fact, it's less than a week now, which means I have got an awful lot to do here. My office is a complete, uh, it's a complete disaster, really. There is stuff everywhere. I've really not properly unpacked from Mongolia. I've still got to write my Snow Leopard report. Uh, I've got a bunch of trip PDFs I need to prepare, as well as about 100 emails in my inbox. Don't want to sound like I'm whinging. There's just an awful lot to do uh, in a very, very short period of time. So I don't have the best uh, flight schedule either to get to Iceland. These are flights I booked, gosh, a year ago now on points with Qantas. And if you listen to my last podcast about Qantas, you know that I'm done with that airline. So these will be my last flights with Qantas. I'm certainly not giving them any more of my money, but I need to use these these flights up that were booked on points. So I have to go Melbourne to Singapore, Singapore to Doha, Doha to London, overnight in London before I fly to Iceland. So it's a bit of a convoluted round trip to get there. But you know, with business class airfares and economy airfares too, being what they are price-wise at the moment, I needed to use up the rest of my Qantas points. So can't say I'm looking forward to those flights, but I am looking forward very, very much to getting back to Iceland and the Arctic Fox in winter. Something very, very near and dear to my heart. I'll try and do a packing, either podcast or uh, blog post or something like that before I go as well. We're just going to have to see a little bit how I go with time. As I said, I've got a lot to do and not a lot of time to do it in. So I'm going to wrap it up there for today. I'm Josh. It has been the 28th of January, 2023. Can you believe it's 2023? Unbelievable. 2023. 
I look forward to seeing you out in the field. For me, that's going to be Iceland in winter, looking for the Arctic fox. Uh, again, something I'm looking forward to very, very much. Take care.